I knew I should have taken that left coin of Albuquerque. The more you run over a dead cat, the flatter it gets. I'm telling you straight. It's my way or the highway. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. Alrighty then, hello, 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 and welcome back. This is Storytime, and I am Gamer Dude. Thanks for being here, thanks for joining us for more stories. Today's stories, they're going to be about driving. If you've listened to the previous episodes of the podcast, you know I'm a car guy, you know I love driving, you know I love being in the car, you know I love going places, and of course, driving is a part of that. I love driving my car. I love going places. It's one of the things that I looked forward to ever since I learned that you could drive. I loved being in the car as a kid. I loved going places. I loved seeing things. I loved watching my dad drive. I remember watching him. One of my earliest memories is watching my dad. It was a very fascinating thing for me. I don't know what it was, but I loved the idea of driving. And then when I discovered that I could do it, well, at some point I would be able to do it, I was excited. I couldn't wait to drive. Now, if you listen to my episode about cars, you heard the story about when I first drove at the age of 11. I drove a Ford Bronco, my aunt's Ford Bronco, up on her property, and I just fell in love with the concept of driving. From that time until I could get my license, which in New Jersey was the age of 17, I was obsessed with driving. I wanted to drive so badly. I wanted to be behind the wheel. I remember watching my dad, and in my mind, I mentally graded his driving. Well, you took that curve a little fast there, Dad. Oh, the speed limit is 55, Dad, and you're doing 60. That's, that's not quite right. I mean, that's the way my mind worked when I was a kid. <laughs> you got to follow the rules. I was a big rule follower, so if my dad was doing 50 in a 45, I was like, <laughs> boy, oh boy, I won't do that when I'm a driver. <laughs> if I only knew. <laughs> but I was obsessed with the mechanics of driving. I wanted to learn how to do it and how to do it well. And I wanted to know all the ins and outs about driving. I wanted to know how to shift a car because my dad had a four-speed. So I wanted to know how the clutch worked. I wanted to know how the high beams worked because there was this little trick my dad did when I was a kid. I was the oldest. My brother was the youngest. And we would be driving along at night. And my dad had this trick where he would tell my brother, uh, go ahead and blow and the, the high beams will go on. And if you blow again, the high beams will go off. And my brother would go, Whew. and you'd hear this magical sounding click and the high beams would go on. And I was, I was astounded that my brother had this power and I didn't because I was the driver. And my dad would go, okay, blow again. And my brother would go, Whew. and the high beams would go off. It wasn't until years later that I learned there was a little button on the floor. This is the days when they had buttons on the floor instead of having the high beams on the turn signal. They used to have a little button on the floor. And my dad would just push the button and the high beams would go on and off as my brother would blow. Now, needless to say, I moved this trick forward into the 21st century. When my kids were young, I did the same thing. Uh, go ahead, blow. You'll make the high beams go on and off. And they loved it. They loved it. But I wanted to know how he did that. I knew it had to be something he was doing, so I wanted to know the ins and outs of the car. Now, I didn't know at the time that there were engines you had to tune and brakes you had to maintain, and there was there was something like a timing belt, and you had to, you know, gap the spark plugs, and you had to put new wires on the distributor, and you had to adjust the carburetor. I know for a lot of you, these are all alien concepts because none of these things happen to cars anymore, but at the time, I wanted to know all there was about the inner workings of cars, and I eventually learned them. But more importantly, I wanted to be a good driver. I wanted to learn 
the rules of the road and how to do the stuff that you do behind the wheel, whether it was shifting a car or whether it was parking a car. And I did eventually learn how to drive a four-speed, which is really easy, but you have to concentrate on it. You have to coordinate a little bit between your left foot and your right foot. You have to be able to shift while you're doing it. But it's not hard. You just have to concentrate and practice a little bit. And I did. I practiced a lot. When my dad let me drive up and down the driveway in his car, I practiced... (laughs) Well, I tried to practice shifting between first and second gear, but the driveway was only 300 feet long, so you really couldn't get up to speed to get to second gear. But I really practiced trying to get there in 300 feet. I was able to do it a couple of times, but not very often. What I was able to practice was driving up the driveway, turning around at the top, driving down the driveway, turning around at the bottom. And no, I couldn't go into the street at the end of the driveway because I would have lost my driving privileges. I would not have been allowed to practice driving up and down the driveway anymore. So I didn't. I learned how to do the classic K-turn. Now, if you've never done a K-turn, it's really quite simple. You pull over to the right side of the road and stop. Then you cut your wheel to the left, you turn to the left, and you pull all the way over to the other side of the road. Then you throw it in reverse, cut the wheel to the right, back up so that you're at the other side of the road where you started. Then you cut your wheel back to the left, you go forward, and you've done a U-turn in the middle of the street. It's called a K-turn because when you look at the tracks, if you do it correctly, it looks like a K. Pretty simple, right? And that's one of the things you had to pass on the driving test. You had to do an effective K-turn in the middle of the street. The other thing I had to learn was parallel parking. Everybody hates parallel parking. Now, as you know, we didn't have the internet to look for directions on how to parallel park. You had to read about it or you had to talk to other drivers. And so I did. I read about parallel parking and I talked to other drivers and I learned the trick to parallel parking. Here you go. I'm going to explain it to you so you can do it too. It's not difficult. It just takes patience and practice. And in this day and age, nerves of steel because people, when you're trying to parallel park, they're supposed to stop and give you room to parallel park into the spot that you're trying to parallel park into. Nobody does that anymore. I do it because that's what you're supposed to do. But if you try to parallel park on a busy street in the city, people don't give you the opportunity to correctly parallel park. You kind of have to dive into the spot however you can get there and then straighten it out once you're in. But the way you do it is if there's a parallel parking spot along the curb, You're supposed to pull up to the car in front of the spot you want. And you get yourself as close to the car as you can without scraping it, of course. But you get up there as closely as you can. Then you throw it into reverse. You make sure nobody's behind you. And you slowly, you don't do this quickly, you slowly back up towards the spot. When you're even with the back of the car, and when I say you, I mean you in the car, your body in the driver's seat. When you sitting in the driver's seat are even with the back of the car, you cut the wheel all the way to the right and you continue backing as you cut the wheel. Then when the front of your car is even with the back of the car in front of the spot, you cut the wheel the exact opposite way all the way over to the left. And if you do it correctly and the parking spot is big enough, All it takes is those two maneuvers and boom, you're in the parking spot. Now, maybe you want to adjust a little once you're in, but that's all it is. It's two twists of the wheel. You just do it slowly, you concentrate on it, and you get it right every time as long as you do it that way. How many people know that? 
but it's a it's a skill that you should have if you're driving. And boy, I practiced the crap out of that move because I wanted it down. And it, that was the first thing they started on your driving test in New Jersey. That's the first thing they started you with. The first thing you had to do was parallel park. And if you didn't do it correctly, they failed you on the spot and they didn't let you finish the test. So I wanted that locked down. So what I did when I was young is I set up cones on on the end of the driveway near the garage so that I would estimate how big the car was in front of me and I would estimate how big the parking spot had to be and I'd measure it out with footsteps and I'd put cones at the appropriate spots and then I would practice my parallel parking. And I would practice my parallel parking like I was practicing free throws over and over and over and over again. Because it was that important to me. I wanted to be able to drive. And I didn't want to fail my test on the first go-round. So I was going to lock in that parallel parking. If nothing else, I was going to get 100% on the parallel parking. That's how important it was to me. The other thing I focused on was turn signals. Now, driving up and down the driveway, you don't need turn signals. It's a driveway But I had to practice using my turn signal, so I'd drive up the driveway and I'd say, okay, I'll be turning up here, so i turn the turn signal on. And yes, I read the books. There's a driver's manual that says you have to use your turn signal 100 feet minimum before you're making your turn. So I would estimate how long is 100 feet, and then I'd practice turning the turn signal on 100 feet before my pretend turn was coming up. Obviously, I couldn't turn off the driveway, but I would practice turn signals. Yes, I was that much of a driving nerd. I wanted to make sure that I had the spacing for my turn signals exactly right. I didn't want to screw that up either because I knew they'd fail me for not using my turn signals on the driving test, so I had to practice that. And yeah, I practiced everything that I could. And of course, with all of the practice, there were mistakes. And yes, when I was driving the car up and down the driveway, I had a couple of mistakes. There was one time I was backing the car out of the garage, and I cut the wheel a little too early as I backed out of the garage and was turning to go down the driveway. And as a result, I creased Dad's fender and took out the molding along the garage. He was not happy. And my driving privileges were suspended for a month because I broke the garage and the car all in one shot. The other incident that I had while driving was when my mom let me drive the family van up the driveway. We had a 300-foot-long driveway. It went uphill towards the house, and there was an S-curve in the driveway. It would S to the left and then S to the right up the hill to get to the garage. In the middle of that S the second S, where you looped around going left to right, there was a small grove of trees overhanging the driveway. They didn't overhang enough to interfere with traffic as long as you stayed on the driveway. And by traffic, I mean the car going up the driveway. It's not like we had a lot of traffic up and down the driveway, except when I was practicing. I guess that would be considered a lot of traffic with one car going up and down the driveway 112 times a day. But when I was driving the family van up the driveway... I cut it a little too close to the overhanging trees. And yes, I put a crease in the door of the family van. Once again, not well received by my father. And once again, my driving privileges in the driveway were suspended. So I continued to practice driving up and down the driveway, counting the days until my 17th birthday. Now at the time, the way it worked in New Jersey was you would have to call motor vehicle but you couldn't call motor vehicle until six months before your 17th birthday. And then you would have to book an appointment. Now, as you might expect, there's a lot of people booking appointments on all of the days and nobody ever gets their birthday as the day of their driving test, but you can get close to it. 
And that's what I tried to do. Six months before my birthday, I was on the phone trying to book the appointment. I got the appointment. It was four days after my birthday. Close enough. Close enough. My luck, four days after my birthday, there was a huge ice storm. (laughs) The rain was coming down and freezing as it hit the roads and hit the houses. And there was ice everywhere. And I knew that if I didn't get my driving test in that day, it was going to be a six-month wait before I could get another date. I remember that morning, and I was begging my mother, who had to drive me there because I couldn't drive myself because I didn't have a license yet. Mom, please, 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 we have to go. Well, I'm not even sure they're doing driving tests today. Look at the weather. It's freezing out there, and the, and the roads are frozen. How could they possibly do a driving test? Mom, please, if I call and they're doing the tests, can we go? Please, please, please. Well, if you call and they're doing the tests, we'll go. Oh my God, I had my fingers, my toes, everything crossed. And I got on the phone to the DMV and I got through and they said, yeah, we're doing the tests. If you can get here, we'll do your test. So I made my mom hop in the car and drive through an ice storm 20 minutes to the place where I could do my test. Mom was a trooper. So we got to the driving test site and I passed. I nailed the parallel parking. On an icy road, I nailed the parallel parking. The instructor took me down a side street. K-turn, boom, boom, boom. Perfect K-turn. Turning left, turning right. I had my 100-foot distances memorized. I had all my turn signals locked in. I did everything I was supposed to do. Pulled right up in front of the DMV. And the instructor said, you pass. Hallelujah. I was a licensed driver. Awesome. I was in my glory. I was free to do whatever I wanted, go wherever I wanted, hit the roads, go do things. It was great. And the thrill lasted for about a week. Why, you ask? Well, literally one week after I got my license, I had my first accident. It wasn't my fault. I swear to God, it wasn't my fault. But I had my first accident. I was in a town where I didn't usually go, and I was pulling out of a mall, a strip mall parking lot, and I was turning left, and there was no light at the entrance to the, to the strip mall, so I just had my left turn signal on, and I was looking both ways as you were supposed to do, and I remember, look left, look right, look left, because you look left, and you look right, and then if you pull out, somebody could be coming from the left because they come around the corner really quick, just like that. Boom, just like that. They always explain it to you. Things happen quickly. So I looked left, I looked right, and I looked left. On the second look to the left, I saw a car turning into the parking lot. He had his right signal on, a rarity in New Jersey. And so I said, boom, we're ready to go. There was a guy behind the person turning into the parking lot that I was exiting. And he, being from New Jersey, was not patient enough to wait for the guy to complete his turn. So he swung around him and passed him as the guy was turning into the parking lot. And as I was pulling out to make my left turn, boom, he tagged me right on the front driver's side tire, smashed the fender, dinged up the wheel, and we're stuck in the middle of this busy road. I know we were in the middle because we were on top of the double yellow line. Now, technically, this guy was in violation of the law because he passed the guy turning into the parking lot on a double yellow line. 
You're not supposed to do that. I know that because I know the rules of the road. I've just gotten my driver's license. I know that he did wrong. Didn't matter, though. I was 17, a week old as a driver, and this guy was a local resident in his hometown, and the cop saw that. So who got the ticket? I got the ticket for failure to yield right of way. I was so mad. My parents were so mad. Not at me. Thank God, not at me, because they, are, they came to the scene because my car was not drivable. My mom arrived first and my dad came next. It wasn't too far for either of them to go. Just far enough for me to be standing there for half an hour. But they saw where the accident was and they saw it happened in the middle of the road on the double yellow line. So they didn't hold me responsible, thank God. My mom being the way she is, well, we have to go to court. We have to defend this. You weren't wrong. We have to go to court. So me, a 17-year-old kid, goes to municipal court in New Jersey to defend the ticket that I had for my first accident a week into my license. Needless to say, the deck was stacked against me, and I didn't win that case. So I had my first accident and my first ticket within a week of having my driver's license. It didn't deter me, though. I still loved driving, and I still went places, and I still did the things that I love to do behind the wheel. But I did learn several lessons from that accident. Number one, be really, really, really careful when exiting parking lots. Look left, right, left, right, left, instead of just left, right, left. And if you're not in your hometown, no matter what, you're probably going to lose a battle in court. Those are the things that I took away from my first accident. And, you know, talking about accidents, it kind of brings me to my pet peeves of driving because this was one of the pet peeves that I learned early on, people who are not patient while they're driving. And this is the part of the podcast where I'm going to go a little ranty on you. (laughs) I usually tell stories, but every once in a while I get into an area where I rant a little bit. So this is the ranty part of the podcast. And I hope you'll join me for that. And if you have your own rants you'd like to share after you hear what I'm going to rant about, please feel free to send them. We'll put an episode together about all of your rants. But these are my rants, aside from the guys who cross double yellow lines and hit weak old drivers, which is my number one pet peeve. It doesn't happen often, but it happens enough, at least to me. But if you have your own pet peeves that you'd like to share, please feel free. You can send me a message on Twitter. You can... Whisper me on Twitch. You can get a hold of me however you want. But these are my pet peeves. And this is after years and years of driving. This is a list that I made because I've learned the rules of the road. I know what you're supposed to do on the road. And I know that a lot of people don't. The first one is turn signals. For the love of God, use that lever on the left side of your steering wheel, please. It's not a rubber band holder. It's for turn signals. If you're turning left turn the turn signal on. If you're turning right, turn the turn signal on. It's not a heavy lift. Just push down on the little lever to go left. Click it up to go right. It helps everybody. Please use it. And when we're talking about turning, left turns are not difficult. There are certain things that you're supposed to do when you're turning left, and hardly anybody does them. But if you're driving down the road and you're turning left into a parking lot or a driveway, You're not supposed to swing right and then make your left turn. You're not supposed to sit in the middle of the lane and gradually work your way up to where you're going to turn left. What you're supposed to do is get to the point where you're turning left. If you're turning left onto Sycamore Street, get to Sycamore Street. Move your car so that you're close to the line in the middle, but not over it, of course. 
but you're supposed to really get on the edge of that line so the people behind you can go alongside you on the right side and get past you while you're making your left turn. If you make your left turn from the middle of the lane, or God forbid, hanging over on the right side of the lane to make a left turn, you're just selfish. Stop it. Stop it. That's not how you make a left turn. And as long as we're talking about left turns, if you're making a left turn at a light and you have a left turn lane, or even if you don't have a left turn lane, but if you do have a left turn lane, when the light turns green, you are not only allowed to pull into the intersection and make yourself even with the lane that you're turning into, you're supposed to. You don't sit at the light when it turns green and wait there for traffic to clear. Because when you do that, you hold up everybody behind you. If you pull your car into the intersection making that left turn, that lets the guy in back of you also pull into the intersection and make the left turn. So that even if you don't have a green arrow and you have to wait for all of the traffic to clear, you get through the intersection and the guy behind you gets through the intersection and that moves the line forward. Sitting at the little white bar there where the light has you wait, that's not what you're supposed to do when you make a left turn. Don't be a jerk. Get into the intersection and make your left turn. And as long as we're talking about left lane things, don't be a left lane hog. What's wrong with you? It's an interstate. It's a state highway with two lanes going in the same direction. The left lane is for passing. It's not for meandering about at the pace you like to go, viewing the scenery. Get in the left lane to pass and then get the hell out. Use the right lane for driving. Use the left lane for passing. It's in the manual. Everybody knows it. Don't be a jerk. Get out of the left lane. The other thing I hate about driving on the highways, and the other thing that makes me crazy, is rubbernecking. Now, some of you may not know what rubbernecking means. Now, use the visual imagery that the words suggest. What is a rubberneck? Well, it's somebody who's got a really long neck that stretches and twists. And when you are a rubbernecker while you're driving, you're looking around at things that you're not supposed to be looking at instead of concentrating on your driving. Rubberneckers are notorious for slowing up traffic when there's an accident or even when there's a cop with somebody pulled over on the side of the road. They have to slow down, crane their necks, and see what's going on over there. Here's a hint. It has nothing to do with you. Whatever is happening, whether it's an accident, whether it's a cop with a speeder off to the side of the road, it has nothing to do with you. Don't slow up traffic so that you can get a glimpse of something that you will forget about in five seconds. You screw up everybody's day by having to rubberneck the accident three lanes over. Just drive. And while you're driving, learn how to merge. Not only you learn how to merge, but let other people merge too. If you've got a lot of traffic going in the same direction, what does it accomplish by not letting the guy on the side of the road who's trying to get onto the highway get onto the highway? What does it accomplish? You get an extra 15 feet of space and you're ahead of them? We're all going five miles an hour. Make room for the people coming onto the highway. It's a courteous thing to do. Why be difficult? Why be a jerk about it? Let people merge. And at the same time, if you don't know how to merge, learn. When I let you in in front of me, take the space. It's not a hard concept. Also, let's remember, green means go. When the light turns green, please go. Please. Don't just sit there texting. Don't just sit there talking on the phone. Don't just sit there adjusting your radio. 
Don't just sit there waiting for a nicer shade of green. Whatever it is you're doing, if you're behind the wheel of the car, you're supposed to be paying attention to driving. So please do that. And that gets me to my final pet peeve, which is the texting while driving peeve. People do it while they're at the red light because they think it's okay because you're at the red light, so you're not actually driving. Yes, you are. You're behind the wheel. Pay attention. When the light turns green, go. Why? Because you're supposed to. If you don't, you're selfish. You're holding up everybody else's day. It's all about you while you're texting. That's not what you're supposed to be doing when you're driving. You're supposed to be paying attention, getting from point A to point B, not screwing up somebody else's day, and being a safe, responsible human being while driving. Texting while driving is the exact opposite of being a safe, responsible human being because you can't be paying attention to something that happens in front of you, happens to the side of you, somebody trying to merge, somebody trying to pass you, somebody trying to get around you. You are being a selfish jerk when you're texting while driving. Not only that, but it's super dangerous because you're looking down trying to get, oh, I didn't mean to type that. Oh, autocorrect. Oh, you look down for that seven seconds it takes to correct your text message and you could be dead or kill somebody. So don't do that. To me, driving is fun. I enjoy it. I enjoy taking the back roads and seeing the scenery. I enjoy going to different states, driving in different countries. I like to see what's out there. So driving is the easiest and most efficient way to do it. And if everybody does what they're supposed to do behind the wheel, driving can be a fun experience. I enjoy being behind the wheel because I get to see different things. I enjoy taking people places. I enjoy conversations in the car. I enjoy music in the car. It's a fun diversion for me. And it can be for everybody if everybody shows just a little consideration and a little respect for everybody else behind the wheel. Driving doesn't have to be a chore. It can be an adventure and it can be fun. Even if you're just doing your daily commute, there's stuff to see. There's stuff to pay attention to. So do it. Enjoy it. Don't make it a chore. Make it something you like. Anyway, that's going to do it for this episode of Storytime. Sorry about the rant. I get passionate about things. What can I tell you? But I do appreciate you putting up with my rants and taking the time to listen to the stories. And I do thank you for all the support that you give me. It really means a lot to me, so thank you. Until next time, you guys take it easy, and I'll see you when I see you.